Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode nine of our Kardashian bonus show. So last week, we said that we were going to treat this episode kind of as a breakdown of Scott Disick and his entire evolution, which we're still going to do. But watching last night, we there were just so many things that happened that we wanted to talk to you guys about. So we figured we'll do the first half kind of first half of this kind of like a recap of last night and some of the things that we wanted to discuss with you. And then we'll use some of that to transition into a bit more of a breakdown of Scott and trying to show like how proud we are of his progression. Is that a good? Yeah, amazing way to put it. It's like. We are beaming for the man that he's seemingly becoming, and we just want to talk to you guys about that and some of the the notable moments along the way. So we're going to do that. But first, we have a really exciting announcement that literally happened as we were walking in. About two weeks ago, we had Justin Sylvester. He's the co-host of East Daily Pop on the podcast. And we got an email yesterday. He's coming back to New York on Thursday. And he's coming back. We're going to do a bonus episode with him, breaking down some of like the top 10 best relationships in Hollywood. So most controversial, most tumultuous, most fun, whatever it is. We haven't planned it yet, but this literally just happened. And we wanted to break it down for you because we are so excited, right? Oh my God, that, beyond that, excited. That was like one of the most fun we've ever had. When I he feel was like here. I've waited my whole life for it, but it's only been two weeks. I know. <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to start recapping the episode, and uh, then we'll get into Scott. So last night was good. Last night was like one of those where nothing insane happened, but it was cool because we got to see some more of like the inner workings, which we'll get into, but I'm sure you guys know what we're talking about. What's the first thing you would like to start with? Kanye. Obviously. What would you expect me to say? Like, oh, let's talk about... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we definitely saw more Kanye this episode than we kind of ever have, ever. Yeah, but we didn't have the confessionals, which I missed, but it's okay. No, but it's okay because he was, it was very raw. Yes. I think, so one of the biggest themes was the fact of obviously Kanye just announcing that they're moving to Chicago, which as you guys know, it's his hometown. He feels a major sense of connection there. And (laughs) in typical Kanye fashion, Kim is like getting her makeup done and she gets a text from Larsa like, wait, you're moving to Chicago? And she's like, what? Kanye's just on stage and randomly announces it to everyone. And like, 
it's so crazy that even still being married to Kim for this long doesn't understand, like, the repercussions of that. You know what's crazy to me is that, like, the this episode took place during, like, peak Kanye, like, like, um, like problematic Kanye. Mm-hmm. Like when he was at his like peak, like people were really worried about him. But when you see him and Kim interact, it doesn't seem like he's like, he seems completely normal. Like you almost forget that he like did that whole rant on SNL until they said it. Like that it happened at the exact same time. It's unbelievable. And I think, I, I really do think a lot of that comes from the fact that she is so excellent at the way, like as, as dealing with him. She's incredibly calm. And she says that. She'll always say, like, I the only time I'm not calm, she, she said it last night, she tweeted it. She was like, the only time I'm not calm is, like, when something happens to my kids. Like, she said that Saint had an allergic reaction over the weekend, and she freaked the fuck out. Yeah. No, you can, I think that a lot of women would not respond in the way that she does. And I say it literally every week, but it's so true. It's the Libra inside of her that, like, craves balance. Of course. Because <laughs> it is. She's She realizes, she's like, I have to just stay focused to be able to handle the situation, and she does. He, Kanye, if people think that he he was like off the walls or whatever. Think about how off the walls he would be if he had a wife who reacted to his shit. Oh my God. He would be, he, it, yeah, it would never work. She so calmly just discusses everything. And so basically what happened was he, like he was genuinely wanting to move to Chicago and she had to kind of sit him down and be like, listen, <laughs> our entire lives are here. The kids' lives are here. We can't just it's like uproot them. And he, he got it. He was he was calm in, like, in, in his responses to her. Like, it wasn't like she was calm and he's, like, yelling, like, we're moving to Chicago. It's, like, that's it. Like, he was, like, very understanding. It was, like, a normal conversation. It's so interesting to see. It's fascinating. So, wait, right before the episode airs, like, I don't know, 15 minutes, Kim is doing, I guess she was at a photo shoot and she's doing a video for Insta- her Instagram story. And she's like, you know, I think that this this episode is going to be really interesting because you guys, are, you know what I'm going to say, you yeah, guys are going to get to see our dynamic more. And I text her, I'm like, do you think she listened to the episode last week? Yeah. I was like, I think that maybe everyone knows that word. Because <laughs> last week I was like, yeah, I just love seeing more of their dynamic. Um, but it, it was, it was really, really interesting. And, um, I mean, anytime I see him with the kids, anytime I see that. I love it. I love it. Also, I'm sorry. I find the baby's name Chicago incredibly confusing. Yeah, I know it is. It's really confusing because it's not like it's like his hometown they never talk about anymore. No, I know. It is very true. Also, the conclusion they ended up coming to is that she's going to get, they're going to get a second place there and spend more time there, which is like very logical. Yeah. He wanted to move into his mother's house, which is two bedrooms. Yeah, but that clearly was just like a, a quick thought that. I, I genuinely think that if, if Kim was like, yeah, we can move into Donna's house, he would have been like, okay. Yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah, but you forget, like, I feel like you forget the relationship he had with his mom because you weren't, like, as in it. Like, because it was so before keeping up with the Kardashians. But, like, that, like if we're going to pinpoint one thing in his life where it's kind of, like, downward spiral, which is, like, like I guess we do with Scott often, like, it's when his mom died. No, of course. And it's so understandable. I mean, I, I understand that better than anyone. Like, of course. It's just— I, I don't know. It, it's it's the way that it still comes up now in terms yeah. of is 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 fascinating. I don't know. I feel I feel very privileged that we're able to see that. Oh my god! We would have we would have yeah. not we have never dreamed in the beginning seasons of Keeping Up. We would have not have dreamed that this would be the case. Well, especially because Kanye went, once he like came into the picture, he was so critical of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Like he didn't like the way it was filmed. He didn't like the things they did. And I think that a lot of the changes and it becoming like a much more like professional, like, better production, like, has so much to do with Kanye. And because he's, like, 
really amped up the show and helped them in that. Like, he wants to be a part of it now. Did you guys know, which we didn't, and I still don't have full confirmation, but we heard as we were walking in here, someone was saying to us that the the reason that the intro to the show is different is because Kanye kind of, like, took creative control over it. Like, you know how it's more, it's like, looks like old film now? Apparently, that was his, that was him. Did you, did you know that? I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised at all, but I had no idea. I didn't know. But he, like, Kanye does that. Like, he just likes to dip his toe into things and, like, like amplify it. Totally. I thought also something that was interesting was when they were in Chicago and they were in the studio and um, Kim was like, I guess Kanye wanted Nicki Minaj, which was so out of left field. You think it was out of left field? I, I just wasn't expecting Nicki to like be in the episode. Well, the I only reason, I guess I wasn't expecting her to be in the episode, but um, the only reason I wasn't like caught off guard by it is because I know, I know that song exists. Right. I just wasn't expecting it. Anyway, so so he's talking about how he wants to get her on a verse. And it was so interesting where he's like, yeah, I'm going to ask her. Actually, Kim, do you want to ask her? Yeah, he was like, he was like, Kim, she wants you. Like, she, she like specifically asked that Kim asked her. Yeah. It's very interesting. And then they like FaceTime Nicki Minaj so casually. It's just the world, their world, I know we've been living in it for so long. So it seems like so normal, but it's so not normal. It's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's like we forget that he's Kanye. We do sometimes forget. we do. We think of him in terms of like the Kardashians. the Kardashians every so often. Like it's so not the case. Well, that was the funniest thing, and this was the this was the clip that they kept posting on their stories and stuff. When he was like, "Yeah, you know, I go to I go to Chicago," and they're all like, "Kanye," and he's like, and then I and then I go to LA, and they're like, "What's up, yay?" And Kim's like, "Yeah, in in LA, it's like Kim Kardashian over here, Kim. We love you, Kim." He's like, "Yeah." It's so true, though. Like, I love when they're funny together. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's those moments where I can totally see, aside from everything else, like, why they make it work. No, me too. Because she, you saw last night, she doesn't, she gets at a breaking point. Oh, yeah. She was not. You know what I found really interesting is because I think that every time um, he tweets or does something like that, um, there's a part of. Like, everyone's first instinct isn't Kim. It's what's Chris doing. Like, Chris must be freaking out, not what's Kim doing. But it was really interesting that in the episode, Chris said to her, like, Chris said to Kim, like, I think you, like, need to give him a little bit more attention. Like, I think he's acting out as a result of, like, not, which could be, like, Chris being, like, this is damage control and I need you to, like, be on Kanye. But I just thought it was really interesting that she phrased it like that. And Kim was like, I can't. I can't possibly do any more than I'm doing. Kim was like, I have nothing left to give. And then Scott defended her and was like, are you guys kidding? Yeah. He was like, are you literally kidding? Like, what do you think Kim could be doing more of? I I thought it was an incredibly, like, anti-feminist approach for Chris to, like— For Chris to take. Put the blame on, yeah, Kim. It's it's not Kim's fault. It's honestly—a lot of it isn't even Kanye's fault. Like, he has a mental illness. We've spoken about it. And it's like, I think it's really bold for Chris to assume that if if Kim gave him a little more attention that, like— things would be magically resolved. I I don't think she, I don't think that was her genuine belief. I think she was freaking out in the moment. It was like, please do something. Also, it was funny that she was like, yeah, I haven't seen Kanye's rant on SNL. Like, no way you hadn't seen it. No way. Yeah, there's no way. There's nothing the family does. I heard you went on a rant. Yeah. Like, (laughs) again, like, I still can't believe that like what we're seeing when he interacts with Kim and like how normal it seems is overlapping with how, like, crazy he was when he was on SNL or, or when he, like, announced that he was moving to Chicago. It's, like, it's so interesting. It's a juxtaposition of two different sides to him that I think this show in particular is the only way that we can see those both. Um, also, so the, 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 like, theme of the episode is kind of this New York trip for multiple reasons. One, obviously, it's because Connie's on SNL and they're all going. But the second was... Because, so the family trip to Bali is coming up shortly and Scott really wants to go. And the the best part of this is that Scott and Chris go like shopping for the day. They go to like Nordstrom's and 
First of all, them together is just the best. It's the best. There's it just, is, and it's always been the best. There's nothing better. And they're like in Chanel. They're looking at, you know, Burberry, whatever. And um, they're talking about the trip. And Chris is saying like, listen, you know, that's a really far trip. It's 24 hours for the kids not to have their dad there. And Scott's like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to go, but I don't know how down Courtney would be. Obviously, we all know because of the history, it makes total sense that she would be a little skeptical. Especially Costa Rica yeah, when he brought another so, girl. Oh, my God. We'll, we will get into Which all of that. I didn't, oh, we'll get into it, but I didn't think that was the worst thing he's ever done. Okay. He was thinking, okay, we'll get into it. We're getting into that in the second part of this episode. Anyway, um, so, you know, they're talking about, like, are we going to be, am I going to be able to come to, to Bali? So then Kim comes in and has this, like, genius idea where she's like, well, I was thinking, why don't you guys come to New York with me for SNL? And we'll kind of treat that as, like, a test trip. So I love when this happens, like, when I feel like they're working behind the scenes. Yeah. It's because Kim is such a schemer. She's always been. But the the thing about this was that the only reason the reason he went to Kim was because Chris said, "Who do you think could speak rationally about this, and like and, and help you to get Courtney on your side?" And he said, "Kim." Interesting was that in, in, old Scott would have said Chloe. I wonder if there is like a strain there between him and Chloe. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine there is, but I it, it, like his go to is always Chloe. So I wonder. It could be because of what she. Was going through. Like, as we said last week. Like, he didn't want to bother her? He didn't want to bother her. It's possible. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe Kim was just better at this particular situation. Who knows? Maybe Courtney responds better to Kim. I don't know. But anyway. Oh, that could be. So they come up with this whole plan of, you know, that Scott is going to take the kids and Courtney to New York with Kim. And they're going to use that as a tester trip to, to prove to her that he can really do Bali. So, of course, they do. And wait, they're on the jet. This is just like a side note. They're on the jet. And he's like, Mace, you want to come to Saturday Night Live? And Mace's like, yeah. Wait, what was earlier in the episode when they were like, oh, when Chris was like, they're at dinner. And Chris is like, um, I don't know. Do you think Mace would like Sound of Music? Like, would you you think he'd want to see it? And Mace goes, I want to go to one of Ye's shows. And then he, they, he got to go because they got, he was on SNL. I know. Mace, we talk about an evolution. Oh, my God. We're he's watching just growing the, up. He's growing up in front of our eyes. He's so swagged out. It is, I, fuck, that kid has the life. I can't hate he's it. He's a mini Scott. It's the cutest thing in the whole he's world. Like, so Okay, so they go to New York, right? And everything is going great. Scott is like, prime dad. I mean, talk about, you know, last week we were talking about how like there's nothing hotter than a dad that's good with his kids. Oh my God. Oh the my Scott God. Scott fucking knocked it out of the park. Out of the park. We were, we were losing it watching him. Like in the, in Dylan's candy bar, like doing the very typical just dad things. Um, he couldn't, he literally could not have been cuter. And the trip was going really well. And Courtney was responding really well. Like I think something, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but something you and I have always discussed is that in previous seasons, we've always felt really frustrated because we feel like Courtney doesn't give Scott enough credit. Totally. Like, it's always she, she used to, like, harp on his wrongdoings, and then we felt like when he was doing well, she was always the last one to acknowledge it. What I was happy to see here was that she was very open in acknowledging how well he was how well he was doing. Yeah. By the end of the episode, he, she was. Yeah. I think that while they were, like, I don't know, like, it, it's interesting because on one hand, it's like— when you're a parent, you shouldn't be, like, patted on the back for every single thing that you do. And I understand that from Courtney's perspective as, as a mother where it's, like, she does something with the kids and no one's there being, like, oh, good job for feeding them. Good job for doing something. And then Scott does something and everyone's, like, oh, my God. It's fucking incredible. Like, I, I don't know if you noticed that at the end when he's packing up Mason's suitcase and he was, like, he was like, well, I'm just going to leave these clothes on top in case he wants to change and, like, shower once he gets home. And I was, like, wow, Scott. Like, 
such good thinking. What a dad. And it's like, <laughs> if Courtney did it, we wouldn't even have thought twice. It's just like, I get it because Scott has come so far. It's just, I can understand that's like so frustrating for Courtney to like not be given any sort of credit when Scott like gets credit for the littlest, tiniest thing. So I can get why she'd be hesitant to like give it. First of all, that's an excellent point. Like a really, really good point. And I think part of it is, wait, I have to say, this is why I love that we don't talk about the episode at night. Cause like, we're really talking about it for the first time. You're like, I didn't know that you saw that. That's so smart. Yeah. Um, um, no, so it, here, I think part of that is like, yes, just like the frustration of societal norms in general, right. kind of like, but I think also there, you know, just to play devil's advocate, like, it's not like it's any dad. It's a dad that had like major, major right. struggles. So like we, I, I'm a, I'm a believer that when someone's making progress that like rewarding them with positive reinforcement is always productive. You know totally. what I mean? And so that's how I, I guess I feel in this particular scenario, especially because it's always been a sore point in their relationship that he felt like he was always getting knocked down and never kind of getting lifted up, whether or not that's true. No, I, and I think it is true. I think she's incredibly, incredibly critical of him, but I think that I can understand why she would be right. and why she'd be hesitant to, like, acknowledge things. Right. But. So anyway, so they're in New York, and, um, you know, the trip is going great, whatever. One, like, just interesting note, which I'm sure all of you caught, was when they were shopping, and North is, like, waving in the window to all the paparazzi, and Kim's like, North, get out of the window. And and Kim says to Courtney, I think the paparazzi, like, told them they're famous. yeah. <laughs> It's so funny because it's like, yeah. They're, and, and and North said it. She's like, why are people always taking, which we spoke about last time because she said it in the in the Kimmel interview. Um, she's like, why are people always taking pictures of us? It's just funny, like, watching them. I, I never really thought about the fact that they had to learn that, that they're famous. No, but Courtney's like, you think it was the paparazzi? Like, I think that it was, um, I think it was the kids at school. And Kim's like, I don't know. Yeah, but she's like, she thinks Penelope, she was like, I think Penelope told her. Like, I, I, I think, think it was Penelope the kids at school. It was so funny. And but she, it was also funny because, um, they said, like, the way that Rain interacts them. Like, they were like, we like your balloon. And Rain's like, it's a sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, an, it's another learning curve of, like, growing up that none of us had to deal with. Like, it's one thing you're already, you know, you're growing up, you're figuring it out. But then you also have to figure out, wait, I'm also, like, literally the most famous kid in the world. It's so interesting. I, I can't imagine when that actually clicks. What's that like? Like, I wonder, has it clicked for Mason, you know? Yeah, because we, like, with North, it's a little different because I think she's so Kanye in the sense that, like, she she wants to be the center of attention. Like, she, like even at Sunday service when she, like, it, like, she goes to the mic and she's standing in front of everybody, like, that's her. Like, she has no problem with everybody wanting to take a picture with her. I don't know if it's clicked for Mason because I don't, I don't know if he, you know, has the same view of, like, people seeing them as North does. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I don't know. I that talk about something I'd love to know. Like I would love to be in their heads for that type of oh situation. Oh my god. That's also a fucking hard conversation to have. Like think about the conversation any parents has to have, like the birds and the bees, all that type of stuff. Now you also have to sit your kid down and be like, listen, <laughs> anything you ever do is gonna be documented to the entire world and like But also trying to teach like teach them to remain humble. Cause like no no parent wants like because the Kardashians, despite their fame, like do a really good job of like being incredibly nice and incredibly humble at a lot of times. And I, it's really hard to teach that to your kids when they're growing up, knowing that like every single person cares about every single move they're making and that they're famous from such a young age. No, it's so true. It, you know, I I forget what episode we were talking about this in, but. A lot of people really dislike the Kardashians and whatever, obviously, we aren't. <laughs> so every episode we've spoken about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm about to say. But one thing you can ne- you never hear people say about them is that they weren't nice in person, ever. And I think it was Simon Huck who said, like, I've been with Kim a million times. She has never once, like, turned down a selfie, you know, if she could, um, or been, been, like, rude to a fan ever. Because they recognize that, like, their followers are the reasons for their success more than any other, like, I know, obviously, in any, like, 
entertainment world, the fans are what it, what drives it. But specifically because of how dri- social media driven their business is, their followers like are their money. Yeah. And I think you've never, ever heard anything bad about them in that sense. No, you haven't. And and if you remember, there was an episode where um, Kylie was, like, being a little bratty. Like, it was a couple of seasons ago. She was, like, a teenager, and she was being a little bratty. And Kim was like, cut it out. Like, this is not how we handle things. Yeah. Which I guess is, like, if there's practice for a conversation, she'll have to have with her kids one day. Yeah, I like that. Um also, just to talk about a couple couple other moments from the episode, and then we'll or a couple of other moments from New York. So <laughs> this was so funny, the Chris Rita thing. Yeah, yeah, funny. So uh, one of Scott's good friends, Chris Rita, they were meeting up with him in New York, whatever, and he has this daughter, and she's I don't know how old do you think she is? Thirteen. She's Thirteen, fourteen, maybe. Her name's Charlie, and they ask her if she has a boyfriend, and she's like, no. And Scott's like, yeah, Courtney probably has someone she could introduce you to. Like, obviously, making light of the fact that all of Courtney's boyfriends are younger, but so is Scott. <laughs> Were you thinking the same yeah, thing? Yeah, it was like what? literally sheep calling the kettle black. Yeah. That's exactly what that the, was. The pot. It's so, pot, pot. Sheep. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> no, what you just combined was pot calling kettle black and the black sheep. sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, from now on, we're only using it like that. Sheep. sheep. Can we title the episode The Sheep Calling the Kettle Black? <laughs> I had to tell my dad that that was funny. What is it? <laughs> it's the pot calling the kettle black. Not all pots are black. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Not all sheep are black, I guess. Um. Anyway. That makes sense. <laughs> anyway, so that, it was just really funny. And, like, I, the reason it was so funny is because they can make light of the fact that, like, yeah, Courtney was dating someone, like, what, 10 years younger than her? But so is Scott. And, and it's all water under the bridge now. And I think that that is just beautiful within itself. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, one f- more funny moment, and then we'll we'll really round out the New York trip, which leads us into the next segment. But when, when uh, Chris goes to— Chloe's house to give her her MTV uh, award for oh, best yeah, reality show, and she's like, "Is there anybody you'd like to thank?" And she's holding it, and she and Chloe looks at the camera, and she's like, "Yes, I want to thank our Lord and Savior Kimberly for fucking on camera." <laughs> so fucking funny. I love when they acknowledge it publicly in the show, like the Ray J sex tape. I love when that becomes a yeah, narrative. It's just funny. Like, it's just funny, and, and the way they're able to joke around about it now is like hilarious. That's my favorite thing about them, about the fact that like they, no matter what, they're pretty much able to joke about everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We love them so much. I do. You know who I love so much? What? MJ. Well, yeah, that was another thing. I can't even talk about it. We don't really have to get into it, but it was really sad. They're going up to Bali next next trip, and Chris made the executive decision that she isn't going to go because MJ's been really sick, and she didn't feel comfortable leaving everyone. One of our followers wrote in um, asking, couldn't Rob have taken care of her? And the answer is no. And the answer (laughs) is just no. Um, I just think, first of all, he has Dream on his hands. Second of all, I just think that there's— just no. By the way, Chris, anytime you need somebody to take care of MJ, I will happily fly to Calabasas yeah, because I literally love that woman like she's my own grandmother. She'll be there in a second. Okay, so let's round out the New York trip and bring us into the evolution of Scott Disick. So as we were saying, you know, they definitely were acknowledging Scott's progression and how great he was on the trip. And it leads to this final discussion between him and Courtney when Courtney says, you know, yes, I think it's, I was really hesitant for you to come based on the behavior in Costa Rica and some other things, but I think that this really proved it to me, you can come. And then she's like, but I'm a little concerned about sending mixed messages. And he's like, what do you mean sending mixed messages to who? And she's like, to the kid. He's like, to the kids? And she's like, no, to you. And she's like, to you. And he's like, what do you mean to me? I'm in a full-blown relationship. And she's like, I know, but I'm just, because I'm single now. It was like, 
Can you talk? How did you feel about that? I thought it was a little weird. And like, I, you know what it is? Like, Chloe, I mean, not Chloe, Courtney, like, fully has feelings for him still. That has not gone away. And I don't know if he feels the same way. And I think that's why she has an issue. And she's putting it on him that, like, she doesn't trust him or she doesn't want to, like, give off mixed messages. But it's like, I think she's trying to protect herself and she can't come out and say that. We, there was a point in the episode where we looked at each other last night and we we're like, do you think they're going to get back together? I don't know. I, the way I feel about it is like, if I was Courtney, like, and I was with this guy for so many years, had kids with him, like, adorable worked, kids, adorable kids with him, worked so hard to like get him into a good place, like, stood by his side. And then as soon as we break up, he's like, okay, normal, good, great place. Like, how much, like, I would be so pissed. Like, I put so much work into you, and now we're not even together. It's like someone else is reaping the benefits yeah. of her hard work. So yeah, like, I would it. be so fucking annoyed. Yeah. No, that's actually funny. I I don't know, guys. I don't know what it was. I just, something. You it, want them to get back together. Something hit me last night where I was like, I really could see a future here. I don't know if he'd be in a, such a good, a, as good of a place this season if they were back together. She's very hard on him, and he, like, he can't thrive like that. Like, he only thrives when, like, somebody is, like, either leaving him alone to let him grow on his own or, like, giving him that sort of positive reinforcement. But who's to say that she can't change just like he did? Um, You know what I I, mean? I guess, but— I know you could say history, but I don't think we've ever seen them together when he started out in a place this good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They could get back together, and I guess when you—like, when you—listen, I don't see him and Sophia ending up together. I don't. Neither do I. Um— but I don't know. I think they've—I think there's a lot of trust issues there, and one year of excellent behavior does not replace, in Courtney's mind, and her level of trust in him does not replace the years of— I know. It's just like he fits in so flawlessly with the family. And he's still in with the family, I, even if they're not together. I know, but how nice would it be? To, like, wouldn't it just be such a happy reunion? I think—this is—I just made an executive decision. This is me going on record saying— I believe they're going to get back together within the next two years. Okay, that's not an executive decision. No, I'm saying, like, in my mind, I I, I'm going, I want to go on record and say that. Two years? Yeah. No. You think more? It, it would have to be, like, a number of years before they got back. Like, I think Mason would be older, and they'd be like, fuck, we owe it to our kids to get back together now. They do an excellent job co-parenting, though. I don't think those kids suffer in any way. No, they don't. I just think at some point they're going to look at each other and be like, what are we doing? Like, why are we trying to find love in all these other places? You are the father of my children. You are, like— the love of my life. I, I don't know. I, no, I, I'm just I, fantasizing. I now. think Courtney feels that way about him, but won't trust him. And I think that Scott's like, I can't be with her because I'm not my best self when I'm with her. It's no coincidence that like they break up and all of a sudden he's in this amazing place. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It really upsets what? me. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I think that 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 conversation is a really good segue into us kind of breaking down Scott and the progression we've seen of him over the years and some of his most memorable and potentially lowest moments and to where he is now. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Ritual. So we all want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. But even if we try really hard to eat kale salads and drink green smoothies, we're still not likely to get all of the essential nutrients that we need on a daily basis. So enter Ritual. This is the obsessively researched vitamin for women. Um, It's basically, they have the nutrients that most of us don't get enough from our food, all in their clean, absorbable forms. So there's no shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm in your body than good. This is really good for like obsessive label readers or people that are just so obsessed with what you're putting in because it's it's so important. We always say this, that if you're going to take a supplement, it better be non-toxic and really have good ingredients. Um, So it's two easy-to-take capsules that provide nine nutrients you need to support a strong foundation for your health. Um, We got Ritual sent to us, and we took it, and— 
Julie has never taken a multivitamin in her life. And this was actually, you stuck with it, which I was really proud of you. And Thank you liked you. it. Yeah. It was, it was, it's a good one. Um, it's basically the multivitamin reimagined. So from D3 to omega-3, their essentials for women helps to fill gaps in a woman's diet. There's no nausea capsule design. It's gentle on an empty stomach. And there's a mint tab in every bottle to keep things fresh. So you don't get that fishy aftertaste, which if you've ever taken an omega-3, that can definitely happen. But they literally put like a little mint thing in the bottle. I remember when I opened it, I was like, oh, it's so minty. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You were like, oh, it's so, it's like brushing your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the best thing, which I said, is that it's traceable and transparent. So... All of their vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and their sources are out there for the whole world to see. This is huge. You don't want to be putting something into your body that you don't know what it is. It's so, so important. It's so counterproductive to not do so. Um, and lastly, it's delivered, which makes things so easy. So it's a subscription that's easy to start and it's easy to snooze. It's a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered every month. And again, there's no strings attached. So again, better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps to your health and your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Just visit ritual.com slash women travel to start your trial today. And that's 10% off during your first three months of ritual.com slash women travel, W-O-M-E-N travel. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. And now we're going to get into our full-blown breakdown on the evolution of Scott Disick, which we are so excited to do. <laughs> I'm fucking pumped. I know. Um, okay, so Scott and Courtney met in 2006 at Joe Francis's house in Mexico, which, as you know, that's how all great stories start. I fucking love that house. You know who, you know who designed that house? Martin. Yep. Of course he did. That's the best house. Every, like, first of all, like, a, a brief history of Joe Francis' house. Everyone stays there. Every time they go to Mexico, they stay in that house. Like, that house is literally legendary. It's legendary among Paris and Nicole, Sophia Richie, uh, Lindsay, any any reality star, especially like Prime when we were in like middle school, that house was the place to be. Like, do you remember seeing? Oh, of course I remember. Also, for people that don't know, Joe Francis is the creator of Girls Gone Wild. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a fucking millionaire and has the most gorgeous house in Mexico and— it's no, it's no, it's not a coincidence that every single, not every single, but a lot of celebrities that could stay anywhere they want, they all choose to stay at this house. It's just, that doesn't just happen. Like if also anybody can stay there, like if you have the money to rent it out, I've yeah. looked into it. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there one day. Same like we'll get to the Sunday service. Um, so th th that's when they met. And then in 2009, Mason was born. And 
Mason being born was like a huge deal. I mean, let's let's think back to 2006, 2009 and, and that whole history. Like, do you remember? Yeah, so, well, if you remember right before Mason was born, they broke up because Scott was texting a girl and Courtney found it and, and he had her in his phone as wife and texted her like, I loved looking into your eyes last night or something. And they broke up and they got back together because of Mason. That was, that was wild. Scott at that time was like, he wasn't as um, like disastrous as he became. Like he like the the addiction and the partying, it was there, but it wasn't like such a problem. It was more like he was just a dick. Like yeah. he he like was he was always funny, but he was just like that douchebag Courtney's dating. Yeah, and and also which we'll get into, but the biggest difference obviously was the level of respect that the rest of the family had. Like the family did not respect him or really. Um, was really a fan of Courtney being with him, whereas now, like, of course, it's the opposite, and they could, yeah. they, they would do anything for them. Like, to I think, it. I genuinely think that if like Courtney was like Scott cannot be a part of this family anymore, they would all still like behind her back. <laughs> Chris would be like, "Well, you're out." Yeah, <laughs> literally, Chris, because Chris, who would choose? Who would choose Courtney over Scott? He's the fucking best. He's the best. I love him. I know. I mean, we love Courtney too. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It's it's so true. So. So, okay, so Mason was born, and like that really bonded them. It was, it was also just I think for all of us, like that was the first Kardashian kid. If you remember, that was when she pulled, she fucking pulled him out of herself yeah, herself. That was crazy. That was still one of the most craziest, like televised or not televised childbirths ever. Even all the doctors were like, yeah, Courtney literally delivered her own kid. Yeah, no one does that. It's not like a thing. Forgetting about no one does that. No one talks about that enough. Yeah, it was crazy. I always say, like, my, like, growing up, I was like, you know, I, I may just have a surrogate. Like, it's just easier. And then when I saw Courtney pregnant, I was like, it's so, it's possible to be such a happy, thriving, like, pregnant person. Like, she had the most seamless pregnancy. Yeah. But then you look at somebody like Kim and you're like, getting you're a like, surrogate right shit, now. Getting a surrogate literally right now. You look at Kim and Jessica Simpson, the preeclampsia, that was a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, that was in 2009. Um, I think... We would be remiss to record this episode and not talk about the infamous money shoving down the waiter's waiter's throat incident that happened in 2010, which we will never forget. Yeah, that was crazy. That's when Scott started to go downhill again. Because and and let me tell you what the cause of that was. The reason that their relationship, like things were really good when Mason was first born, and then like a little while after it started to go downhill again. And that's because Courtney was co-sleeping Mason. So Courtney and Scott weren't sleeping in the same bed at that point. But hold on. I want to just break down what actually happened in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that plays into it. The fact that like he's then like, like we're going from a point where they're like in a good place to a point where they're not in a great place anymore and they're in Vegas and he's partying again. Yeah. And I want to get back to what you just said about the, after I explain what actually happened just for anybody who wasn't aware, because that, the co-sleeping thing is something that I don't think was like discussed enough in terms of the bigger picture of things. I agree. So anyway, they're drunk. They're in Vegas. Um, They're there for Courtney's birthday and they're all there. And at this point, like this was when Scott was drinking a lot. This was also like three-piece suit Scott and he had the longer hair. Um, Pre-Kanye Scott. Yeah, pre-Kanye Scott. Now he's he's so easy to out. It's, it's so much better. It's, he's so fucking hot. It's so much better. I, I, will take, I will take a beard and ripped jeans over a, oh over my, a suit any day. Any which day. call me crazy, but- no, I completely agree with you. I think that a lot of people or like a lot of our friends like want that like we talked about last week, want like the Morgan Stanley full suit banker I type. like I like casual most of the time. Like the ripped jeans, the black hat that he wears. And then when he needs to go out and he puts on a suit and it's a special occasion and yeah. he looks 
fucking unreal. Yeah, I so agree. I mean, I don't, I don't love the ripped jeans. It's not my thing, but yes. But on him, on him, on him, a thousand yeah. percent. But just like the the plain sweatshirt, like the fact that he's so, it's like this cool casual that is just. Um, I just could really get by. Also, remember, I'm sorry, because I, I, we have to get into the waiter thing, but he used to dress Mason just like him. Like, they would go out every day and be wearing three-piece suits together. I, I know. It's so funny. And now Mason dresses also like him. But yeah, but so in a different way, right. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so they're in Vegas for Courtney's birthday, and they're all, you know, drinking whatever, and Scott's, like, belligerently drunk. And Chris tells the waiter to, Scott, to cut Scott off, which then disaster ensued. So, you know, Scott asks for another drink. The waiter says no. And Scott shoves a $100 bill in the waiter's mouth. <laughs> Iconic. I, I will never forget this till the day I die, I swear to God. Will you? No, because that was, I think that was Scott's douchiest moment. Ever. Yeah, that was, and I think he would like happily admit that that was like, not right. It was it was just a low point. Yeah. Um. And we we chose. I mean, listen. There's so many moments we chose to pinpoint that one because we just think that, like you said, it was such a it was such a good example of where his head was at. But wait, back to the co sleeping thing. So that yeah, basically, Courtney was had Mason sleeping in bed with her every night, and as a result of that, like you said, they weren't sleeping together. Which also one could infer from that they weren't their sex life wasn't as active. No, and Scott needs sex. And He's Scott one needs of those. Sex. I think that one of those what men. No, but specifically, like, he said once, he was like, I'm a sex addict. Yeah. Like, no question. Yeah. Um, I think that that definitely played into it. I think, and also, do you, I, I think that that was, like, a really interesting moment of, like, on one hand, he so appreciated Courtney for the mom that she was, like, beyond. But he felt neglected. But he Very. felt neglected. It was almost like when you get a kid, you have a dog. Like, you know what I mean? You get a kid and then the dog is like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, what about me? I, that's how, almost how I felt. It's interesting because, admittedly, I read the Poosh article on, on that Courtney wrote on co-sleeping about, like, each of the kids. You did? Yeah. <laughs> you read Poosh? Did you sign up for the well, newsletter? I, read, I, I told you. We're making Chris's brownie recipe. <laughs> Anyways, Mason didn't sleep in his own bed until he was—do you want to guess the age? Uh, tell me. I have no idea. Eight. What? And Penelope was also co-sleeping, so it was her in bed. Once Penelope was born, her in bed with Penelope— and Mason, because Mason didn't move into his own bed till he was eight, and they kept trying. And, like, she said, like, we would start them off in their own bed, and they would just come into our bed in the middle of the night. So Scott was sleeping in the guest room. But with Rain, she just started him off in his own room. Like, she never—she didn't co-sleep with him at all. Wow. I'm so glad you read that. That's such a fascinating piece of information. Yeah, I could tell you some more Foosh articles if you want. <laughs> I read a lot of them. Guys, Julie, subscribe to Foosh. I can't believe well, it. you don't have to subscribe. It's just a website. <laughs> We'll talk about that more next week because I'm so fascinated by that whole thing in general. Um, wait, that is crazy. Yeah. Like, obviously, you're not having sex, like, if there is an eight-year-old in your bed. Yeah. Or any kid in your bed. Well, and I think also, like, just, you know, going back to the episode in New York, when when just recently, when he was like, what was his exact quote when he was saying how— like back in the day, he he hated like not he, not that he no, hated having he said, kids, but he, he didn't like, appreciate them. Yeah, and now, he said he was really young when they first had kids, and like he he like wasn't able to be in a place because of how young he was that he was able to really appreciate them. And then he said, he's like, I'm older now. Like my kids are my best friends. He's like, there's not one single person I'd rather hang out with my kids. Like I don't want to have to like meet new people and fake conversations with them when I can stay at home with my kids, which is like the so biggest cutest. growth. Like the most, the most massive growth. I completely agree. Um, so 2010 continuing to be just a really unfortunate year for Scott. This was also the year when he punched Amir. Um, this was when Courtney and Chloe were doing Courtney and Chloe Take Miami, right? I think so. I'm almost positive. It's either Courtney and Chloe Take Miami or when they were in New York with Chris. No, it was Miami. Miami, yeah. yeah. I'm almost positive. 
Um, so Courtney confronted Scott about smoking weed in the Miami apartment. Yeah, it was. Um, while Mason, who was seven months at the time, was home. Which, like, a thousand—listen, I know Courtney can be crazy. That's a thousand percent warranted. And you know we love weed more than the next guy. But, like, when there's a seven-month-old kid, yeah, like— no, no, you don't. Well yeah. um, and Scott was still drunk at the time, and he punched a mirror. Yeah, he got really upset that Courtney— I, that was crazy. He really, like, went a little psychotic. You know those memes that are, like, uh, like sheetrock wall exists, white guy. Like, like punches, punches it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like this. It was, like, his first reaction, which I will never understand why a lot of men's first reaction is to punch things that, like, make their hands bleed. But Yeah, it seems, like, worse. Like, how, what, like, who has ever punched a wall and, like, broken their hand? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Everything feels better Yeah, now. there's just no way. Well, again— we're not going to get into it, but that goes into the whole Katie Kirk narrative we were talking about. If they were allowed to express their emotions more freely, that wouldn't happen. But okay. I've never punched a wall. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have shame in expressing your emotions as a woman. You, you that's oh, your as own a woman. Yeah, it's your self inflicted thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a therapy session with Julie later. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> anyway, so he fucking lost it. Like, that was crazy. And that was when they were, I, I genuinely believe in that moment, Courtney was like afraid for the kid's safety. Yeah, remember she said to him, she, this was like her infamous quote where she was like, it's not even close. I love Mason so much more than I. I love you. Like, I'm not letting— She, like, threatened to take him away. Yeah. And I think he started to clean up his act a little bit after that. Definitely. Um, And then in 2012 was when Penelope was born. And I I don't know. I mean, what would you say in terms of his his growth at that time? Like— I think that having—I think that having a daughter, like, allowed him to step up a little bit. And and we're going to get into this next thing, but it's like I think he started to clean up his act. He had Penelope, and then his parents died. Yeah. This was so. Also in 2012 was when so uh, Penelope was born. He became a lord. That was like when the whole lord thing. That's one of my favorite Scott moments ever. Yeah, that was when the whole lord thing became a thing. Um, and then 2013 is when both of his parents died within a couple of months of each other. This was heartbreaking. This was heart wrenching. I will hold firm on this till like the day I die. I think this is a narrative that is not discussed enough and isn't. Um, explained as one of the reasons for his, like, I guess, downfall, you could say. Yeah. He was an only child. He grew up in the Hamptons. Um, and it's, like, unfathomable. As an only child, so you guys know, I talked about it in the Katie episode, my mom died um, last August, and I'm an only child also, and it was, like, easily the most painful thing that's ever happened to me and ever will happen to me. But as a result of that, obviously, my dad and I are, we, I mean, we're so close, and we've always been so close, but my heightened anxiety about losing him, which I always had because as an only child, you just always have, is is to the point now where it's it's all I think about every day. Like it's it's just a constant thing at the back of my mind. Of course, I go to therapy to try to work on it, but it's always there. And I, I, when it like that's your biggest fear happening, and then it happens. I like even just talking about this, within I get a, so within like a month of each other. I, I oh my god, when they were going, when him and Courtney were at the house at his parents' house going through the stuff, you could tell he was having an out-of-body experience. Yeah. It was it was, it was was really, really hard to watch. And, and I think one of the harder things to watch is, like, when I got a little down on Courtney is that I never felt that she was understanding enough. Like, I felt she was like, okay, yeah, this is awful, but you're a parent, and it's time to, like, go back. And he couldn't. Like, th- if you remember, one of, like, the, the biggest Scott moments also was after that happened when he, like— he really spiraled out of control then. Like, that was that was worse than ever. I think that was worse than, like, 2010, like, money in the waiter's throat. Like, he remember he took all those sleeping pills and he called Chloe freaking out. They were in Nor- they were in L.A. for North's birthday. And he called Chloe and, and they, they, like, he, like, rushed himself to the hospital. Like, he called an ambulance and, like, went to the hospital because he knew he did something. 
And he went to rehab after that, but then he left early. Like, but I just, I never felt like Courtney was understanding enough of what he was going through. Yeah. And I always have, we've had this discussion so many times, like offline. And I think I always, ha- what, what I always struggle with is like, we only see what we see, which again, for all of these people or any celebrities we ever talk about, of course, we only see what they show to us. So I always felt like almost guilty saying, how could we say that about her that she wasn't because we don't know what happened behind closed doors. All that we got was the impression of the show. But I will agree solely on that solely from what we got to actually see, I expected, I guess, her to respond a little differently. But you know what? Just like anyone, she was doing the best she could. Yeah, and it's like, like I don't necessarily blame her because as a mother with three young kids and like the the person you're supposed to be co-parenting with and your partner isn't 100% there and for for fair reasons, but expressing himself in a way that also Courtney just couldn't get behind. Like Courtney lost her father also. So I think part of her was like, okay, I went through something awful and I didn't deal with it this way. And like, expecting him to deal with it kind of the same way she did. And I think that's where the disconnect was. But I think also she was literally living, before anything even happened, like before he even really spiraled, I think she was living in constant fear of like, she knows how his behavior can be. So she was expecting the worst, which rightfully so. But it was almost like she was bracing for impact. I kind of felt like in those leading months, it was like the calm before the storm. And by the calm, I mean like the morning. Like, you know, he he was in such grief. And I still, I will still... I still feel like that was never, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I don't know what they were going to do about it. What did I want an extra episode? I don't know what it was, but I just, I wanted like everybody to just embrace him and be like, this is the most awful thing to ever happen to a person. And like, yes, he's a parent. And when you become that age and you become a parent, you're the parent, but he's still the kid. He's still the kid. And you feel like, you feel like a childless, a parentless child. And that's really fucking scary. And I think that that's when, you know, the person who stepped up in that situation really was Chris. And Chris was like, like I'm going to take over that and and she did and and he has fully embraced her as like his mother figure now the way they they interact they're if you didn't know you wouldn't know like if you didn't know that he wasn't a biological kid besides from the way he looks like you would not know based on their interactions for two reasons one because she's so loving to him and so supportive of him but also like he is so like attached to her and like goes to her and like it's not like Chris is constantly like knocking on his door and being like, okay, Scott, let's talk this through. Let's like, she, he knows that he goes to her when something's wrong, when he needs advice on something. Like it's, it's really such like a beautiful relationship. And I think such a huge, huge part of like him being in the place that he is now. I absolutely agree. We've always said that the Chris Jenner should take so much responsibility for. And that's why I think Chris was so frustrated when she couldn't be that for Lamar, because I think she was like, okay, I helped Scott. Like I can pull Scott out of this. Yeah, it's kind of like a Chloe thing. Where do you think Chloe gets it from? Yeah. Like how we always say Chloe wants to be the fixer and stuff, and like she gets hard on herself. Where do you think she gets it from? Her mom. Chris is the same way. Chris is so used to be being able to Chris fix Chris is so everything. good at it. <laughs> I know she's so good at it. But she couldn't do it with Lamar either. Some people yeah, are just unsalvageable. She didn't even yeah. fucking try with Tristan because he wasn't even worth her time. Yeah. It's a busy one, which doesn't need to race it on that piece of shit. Um, sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> that was so intense. I know. Also, just what the, the 2014 incident that she was talking about, um, Julie was talking about just to like actually break down exactly what happened. This was when he was partying in the Hamptons and he did, he took the entire bottle of sleeping pill. He cl- called Chloe in a panic. Th- this was like, do you remember Chloe's, because we saw Chloe's side of it too. Yeah. She was freaking the fuck out. Well, she loves Scott. She really loves Scott. And he, it was, it, it's, it's always goes back to what we were saying before that now he's confiding in Kim. Like Chloe was his person at the time. That was her, his alliance in the family with the exception of Chris. Yeah, I think that he I think that he probably still confides in Chloe. I think he just knows that she's really busy and goes through a lot and doesn't want to 
You know, I think Scott's always had this thing where he's felt guilty dumping his problems onto other people, and that's one of the reasons why he, like, reacted the way he did a lot of times because he felt like he was really alone and he didn't have anybody he could do because he never wanted to be that person that was like, here's my problems and I'm dumping them on you. And I think that that still holds true with Chloe where he's like, she's going through a lot and it's not fair for her to have to deal with my shit. Absolutely. Okay, so in 2014, Rain is born. Um, and which follows after the breakup of 2015, um, which was sparked by him allegedly cheating on Courtney in France with his ex-girlfriend, Chloe Bartoli. You know those infamous pictures of them by the pool? Wild. That, that broke. It was fucking wild. We all lost it. It was a huge deal. Um, anyway, they ends up breaking up, right? which was— which was positive. I think that there was nothing that was good that was going to come out of them staying together at that point. But also, they broke up a while, like a couple months after those pictures leaked. I know. Like, I think that, like, we, I, I think we do, like, unfairly not give Courtney enough credit for, like, really trying to make it work. When, like, a lot of people would have thrown it in the towel a lot earlier Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And, and again, that just goes to her commitment to being a mother, I think. Yeah, I don't think it had a ton to do with Scott. I think it had way more, more to, to do, do with, with her kids. kids. It's like she said, I love you, but I love my kids more. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then they allegedly get back together on a family trip in 2016 to Mexico, but that reconciliation does not last long. Remember she put, he posted the picture of her ass in the pool? Yes. I will never, what do you mean? I remember. I will fucking never forget it. So in 2017, (laughs) they're in Dubai and. Oh, I loved this episode. This was the episode when Kim finds a girl in Scott's bathroom and Kim goes all out fucking I don't even know what's the right, right word for how for Kim's response. Like, just batshit crazy, in, but also like incredibly protective. Incredibly protective. She could not believe that they're in Dubai and and is Scott literally kidding? He's bringing a girl back to his room. Kim goes into the bathroom, is literally like, "Get the fuck out!" Starts calling her all these names. I honestly, while I commend and applaud Kim for being as um, defensive as she is. I didn't like that. I felt like it was really, like, she, that girl's not in the wrong. Yeah, it was really embarrassing it was, for the girl. It was really, it was but really. But I get it. Like, Kim, I, is, I get Kim it. is the ride or die bitch. I get we it. always say this. I get it, but I'm, I just want to say, like, I don't, I, in that, I didn't like watching it. It was, like, very entertaining, but I still felt like this is totally misdirected anger. Like, we don't need to go embarrass this girl publicly to everyone when she was just, like, having a good time with Scott. It's his fucking fault. Yeah, like, I would have fucked Scott, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, who, who wouldn't have? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Um. Anyway, so that that happened. Um, also, also in 2017, considering this was one of the worst years for his his uh, track record, they were in Costa Rica. They, you know, the family allows him to come, and he's staying in a separate house. And that's the famous scene when Kim and Chloe, which they played by the way in last night's episode, when Kim and Chloe are in the room, and Kim's like, "You are not going to believe this shit," and Chloe's like, "What?" And she's like, "Scott brought a girl." to Costa Rica, like, to stay in the hotel with him. And Court- and Chloe's, like, on our fucking family trip. Which, by the way, like, <laughs> sorry, what a baller move of Scott to just fly a girl down to stay in the hotel room for when he comes back. Like, she, <laughs> it's, it's not like she was coming on all, like, this is why I don't think it was that bad. It's not like she was coming and participating in the activities and they were all going, like, ziplining to, like, no, like, she just stayed in the hotel the whole time. No, 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 this was wild. I don't know. I, I, I think, no. I don't support it. I'm sorry. I don't support it, but I don't think it's as bad as they made it out to be. I do. I do. You do. She was staying in a hotel down the road. If, if, she, if they didn't, like, if, if, I don't even know how they found out, but if they didn't find out, they would have never known. It doesn't 
even matter. That's truly, that's like saying like, yeah, if you kill somebody, like, well, that's ridiculous. Okay, yeah, that's a terrible <laughs> example to use with her. No, that is ridiculous. You're going on a fucking family trip with your kids and the mother of your children and her entire family and you like have a girl just staying in case you get back and like want sex. I, no, 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 no. You can last. You can last a fucking week. To me, it's one thing if you like, I mean, it wouldn't be better, but if he happened to see a girl out there, but he specifically flies someone. Scott's no. a baller. <laughs> no, no. Listen, I love you, Scott, more than the next guy, but I can't get on board with that one. Um, so, of course, that was a fucking blowout. And that is the trip that they keep referring to in this previous episode when they're speculating on whether or not he should come to Bali. Then, in 2017, he also briefly dated Bella Thorne. This was fucking— That was his worst move This by was fucking, far. fucking weird. We see them on a boat in Cannes at the festival on, like, some yacht. It's, like, the famous picture where he's, like— Everybody thought he was, like, feeling her up, but she said he was just adjusting her bathing suit. I don't know. <laughs> Please. I don't, I don't know. It, I don't really have much to say on this other than it was kind of one of those where, like, you know what? He's going to get through it. Like, this is clearly a rough time in his life, right? Yeah, and now look where we are. Yeah, and now look where we are. So now we are in 2019. Um, he started dating Sophia Ritchie last year. They are going strong. Um, as we know, the family has been now, as of recently, very receptive. We've seen pictures of them all together. They were on vacation. Him, Courtney, Sophia, that's like insane. She's with the kids. Courtney's okay with her with the kids. Um, they seem to be in a really good place. And he's really just seemingly like found his place in the family. Um, he's continued his relationships with everyone. As we see, it's not just Chris. It's also MJ. It's it's Chloe. It's, you MJ. know. It's just we we really see him like arriving, and I feel like, and I listen. I can't say this is permanent, but as of right now, at a place where everybody kind of wanted him to be at, yes. taking the dad role seriously, he's found an interest in real estate that he really loves. Um, and also, him and Courtney co-parent like amazingly well together. Like it's not like first of all, like you never see them really like fighting in front of the kids. They like when they fight, they have, or like when they have to have conversations, it's really separate. They do it apart. Like when they're together with the kids, it's like. It's not like they're creating an illusion for the kids that they're together and everything's fine. It's just like we're friends and like we can do this together and we can, you know, figure this out for the sake of our kids. And I think it's incredibly mature for both of them to be able to do that. I completely agree. Um, also, I think just like a couple points to, to point out is that he was incredibly supportive of Caitlin's transition and also incredibly supportive in trying to help both Rob and Lamar. Yeah. And I think that those, you know, they always say like moments like that kind of show someone's true colors. And in you can never say that his— you can definitely say that some shit came out when he was going through some rough times, but when when they really needed him, I I feel like he rose to the occasion. He was never a bad guy. That's always been my opinion. He was, like in the first couple of seasons, he was just like a dick. Like he was just young and like in his twenties and so like so young. We forget. Yeah, that. like 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 a lot of guys are. And even when he was going through shit as he got older, it was like he wasn't a bad person. I don't think the things he did were malicious. I think just like it was his way of coping with a lot of things and and. I think that his, a lot of the time, like when he, okay, when he was good, he was great. And when he was bad, he was awful. And like, unfortunately, he, it took him a really long time to like meet in the middle. Well, that's what I feel like. I feel like our entire, our entire history of watching Kardashians, we've been craving this like balance. And I feel like finally, and again, I'm not speaking like it's going to be forever because who knows. But as of right now, I feel like that balance in his life is achieved. And I feel like if you would ask him, he would agree. Like he genuinely seems happy. Yeah. And secure with himself. He's, and uh, yeah. he found his place. He's not just like Courtney's, the father of Courtney's children. He's like Scott. He has his place. He has his own personality. He's an integral part of the family on so many different levels. It's not like he's just relying on them. They also rely on him. If you saw Chloe, Chris, they all want him in, like want him involved. Yeah, like first of all, they wouldn't like <laughs> Kim wouldn't be scheming this hard to get him on a trip just because she thought it was like the right thing to do for the kids. No. Like 
like it's not like they'd be scheming this hard to get Tristan on trip to spend time with with True. Like they genuinely want him there. It's like a piece of the family is missing when he's not there. That's why every Christmas party, every trip, they're like, Corny, please invite him. Yeah, absolutely. The bottom line here is that we would never equate like Scott to Tristan, no matter how bad any of the things no. he went through. And we are supportive of him. And I think that it's, you know, you have to give some credit to Courtney, like we said, for whether or not she handled things at the best, which none of us do, she definitely I think when you look at it overall, she was she was incredibly supportive in terms of like wanting to make it work. And we have to just give her credit for that. So bottom line here is that we hope that that was a little bit um, helpful in terms of understanding his evolution. And Scott, keep doing what you're doing because we are so proud of you and so happy for the man that you are becoming, right? Yeah, and if you ever break up with Sophia. <laughs> no, if you ever break up with Sophia, don't even look at Julie. Go back to Courtney because that would be incredible. Don't even look at Courtney. <laughs> fucking do it um okay guys we will see you tomorrow for our regular episode and then thursday for our bonus episode with justin sylvester so uh thank you and remember you can find us on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher wherever you get your podcasts so i'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life like generally speaking there's pretty much nothing i wouldn't rather be told straight up But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.